0: again everybody a long time no see but this is once again Leslie and Sarah and this is the Taylors in Japan podcast and uh, we've got a number of updates today and a few other things to talk about Um, probably won't be a long episode but we do want to uh, share some things with you before we leave because we are going to be leaving very soon and we'll get to that in just a second here. So um, let's start with, I guess, the big news in case you haven't heard yet. The borders have officially opened. They opened at uh, the end of October and uh, we officially are able to go. Now I say that they opened, they opened to other people first, but when I say that the borders opened, I mean they opened to people like us, people in our position who are uh, new entrants into the country. So we are able to go. Tourists still unfortunately are not allowed to go. But if you have a visa as we do, we can go. So we've gone through all the process. We've sent everything off to the embassy. We actually, all of us had to get new visas, even me. I actually already had my visa, as we said in previous episodes, but I had to get a new one. And so we all have the same visa now. And uh, we're set to go in that regard because they finally allowed us to. So Um, we are going to be heading out very, very soon and I'll talk about that in, uh, just a second here. But before we get to like our tickets and all of that stuff, there's actually been a lot of stuff that we've had to do this month. This month has been absolutely insane, I I think, just in terms of keeping busy. We had been in uh, New Hampshire for pretty much the entire month of October after a visit in September to uh, our sponsoring church in LaGrange, Texas. And so we spent a lot of time up there with Sarah's family in New Hampshire. And then at the end, we got word that we were going to be going. And so pretty much this entire month has just been busy and filled with preparations for getting back to Japan. And one of the big things we've been doing is packing. And when I say we, I mean mostly Sarah. Um, Sarah's been doing a whole lot of the packing um and uh, so i'll I'll let her actually talk to you some about that because she's really the one who planned out all the packing got everything set up so she can tell you a little bit more about how that's been going
1: to be fair to leslie he did offer to help but i think that is one area where i tend to be a control freak which probably most women can relate to um
0: and i don't really mind letting her control that to be totally honest so
1: Usually when we have moved, we've just used the U.S. Postal Service because I have not been able to find any other way to move reasonably because most moving companies are looking to move your entire household, but we can't do that. We're not bringing our furniture because frankly, it would not fit in Japan. Um, So I've been stressed trying to figure out how are we going to move this all again? Because when we do the USPS, it's super expensive because they don't do it by ship. They only do it by air. Um, plus then we have to figure out how to get all our boxes to the post office. But I got on Reddit with the help of my brother-in-law and found out that there's a Japanese company that actually will do international moves from America. So they're called Kuro Neko Yamato, which means black cat Yamato. Um, and we are super familiar with them. They had a, a, base, um, like just up the hill from where we lived last time in Matsudo. So we went through them. And so I've been in contact with them since August, but have been saying, well, we got to wait till the borders open till we have our visas, things like that. So finally, when did we get it? The beginning of November, I think. Yeah, I got back into contact. I got back into contact with them um, and they said, "Okay, we'll mail you boxes. And oh, by the way, the only time we can pick up your boxes before you leave is one week from today. (laughs) So we're like okay well let's do it like i work really well with a deadline so we're gonna pack up all our stuff in a week and do it and we did um so we got all our stuff sent off with a japanese company who we know and trust and thank goodness for all of that because that's just a big burden off our backs but now we have the rest of our stuff around the house that we either need to sell or donate or if it's things that we need within three months of moving to Japan, um, we're sending that via USPS because the Yamato service is going to take two to three months to get there.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know it was kind of crazy when that guy showed up from the Kudo Neko Yamato place. Um, their base or whatever their HQ in this area is in Atlanta, so he showed up at our house at seven o'clock, which or a little after seven o'clock in the morning. We were expecting him to be there a little after eight, but I guess it was the time change. Everybody thinks that if you're in Florida, you're in Eastern time, which makes sense because most of Florida is, but Northwest Florida, a large portion of it, is in actually Central time. And so when he said he was going to be here a little after eight, we thought, okay, he'll be here a little after eight, but actually it was a little after seven is what it turned out to be for us. And so anyway, though, He drove straight from Atlanta. So he got to our house a little after seven and had driven straight from Atlanta early that morning. And he came in and he pretty much single handedly packed up all the boxes. I mean, um, I I helped a little bit by moving the boxes from where they were closer to the door because when he came in, he kept taking his shoes off every time he came into the house, um, which is, I mean, what you do in Japan. And he was actually a Japanese person, by the way. And so like he came in would take his shoes off, go get a box, take it back out to the truck and, and pack it in there. And he did that pretty much all by himself. Um, so anyway, it was it was pretty amazing. He got in, got it done. We signed the papers and he was out of there. It was, it was uh, definitely an interesting display of the Japanese work ethic here in the States. But uh, anyway, so we got the main shipment done it will take a little time, like Sarah said, before we get that. And so we do have a few more boxes that we'll be sending, you know, more basically by air. So they'll get there faster, but anyway, so uh, we're on the tail end of that side of things. And, uh, the good thing is when we first started packing, we weren't sure where we were going to send those boxes. <laughs> um, we were kind of like, where do we send them? At? We could send them to the church building, but we weren't really sure, uh, where our house or apartment would be and if it would be convenient to have them at the church building, not to mention having 26 boxes (laughs) at the Masato church building isn't really ideal for anybody. So um, thankfully, we believe that we have a house. Um, Well, we pretty much, I should say we do have a house and we are really excited about this one. Um, This is going to be a really great house, we think, for us. This has really been God's provision
1: We were talking about it with a friend the other day about how back in March we had put down that down payment on an apartment and we were so excited and we were saying, this is perfect. It's in the perfect location. It's enough for our whole family to live there. And then when the borders closed, we ended up losing it. And it was so discouraging. And my friend said, but God took the apartment that you thought was perfect for you and he gave you a house that's even better for your family. And that's just you know it's perspective it's so easy to get so downtrodden by things that we see right in front of us and we don't realize maybe god is doing something even bigger with this thing that feels so discouraging
0: yeah cuz that that other apartment you know it was really nice i mean it was a it was a good size apartment definitely bigger than our old apartment um it was going to have have enough bedrooms for all of our kids to to have what they needed um And it had extra space in there. It was a a nice big living space and all. And it was really close to the church building. I mean, it was very, very close there, like maybe a one to two minute walk from the church building. And that meant it was also only a one to two minute walk from the playground that's right across the street from the church building. So it was gonna be really good for our family. But the problem was it was a little bit expensive. How how much was it? It was like maybe twelve fifty a month
1: yeah, or something.
0: So. But then it was gonna be an extra like a hundred dollars if we wanted to get a car, like a parking space. So if we got a car, it was gonna be like, you know, thirteen fifty or at least in the thirteen hundred range. And then on top of that, we only got, like, two or three spaces for bicycles. I
1: think they only wanted to give us one, but we, like, talked them up to two or three. Yeah.
0: But I was like, we have five people in our family. Like, what are we supposed to do? We have five people. We need five bicycles. And I understand. I mean, it gets kind of crazy if you have all these bikes down there. But the point is, you know, there were some good parts about it for sure, but there were also some parts that we weren't super excited about. But anyway, so... We got the deposit back, thankfully, from that one. Um, they were very kind to us in that. And so we really weren't sure what was going to show up. And so I've kind of been paying attention constantly through the rest of the months because we never really knew when things were actually going to open up again. So occasionally a house would pop up and I'd be like, oh, this is an amazing one. And then it would disappear. And it was like, oh, man, you know, that would have been an awesome house. And then another one would pop up and think, oh, man, this would be great. And then that one would disappear. Well... Right around the time that the borders opened, this house popped up. And um, if you get our newsletter, you would have already seen a picture of it probably. If you don't, that's a reason to sign up for our newsletter so that you can see things like this. Um, But uh, we'll probably do a video about it maybe once we get there. But anyway, this house is going to be somewhere in the 1200 square foot range. It might be a little bit bigger. I'm not, I can't remember specifically what it was, but it's somewhere in that range, which is not quite double of what our old apartment was. Our old apartment was like right around 700 square feet, I think. Was that right? Yeah. So it was about 700 square feet. And uh, that was fine for us when we first moved to Matsudo, when it was just, you know, me, Sarah, Cambria and Madeline and Madeline was how old
1: Madeline was 1 and Cambria was 3.
0: Yeah, so that was totally fine then, but you know, now with a 12-year-old, a soon to be 10-year-old and a soon to be 6-year-old um and then, you know, two of those being girls, one of them a boy, that makes things a little bit more challenging. So, having that extra space is going to be awesome. And not only that, but this is a two-story house, so it's not an apartment, it's an actual house. The upstairs has four bedrooms, so The girls will have their own bedroom, which is actually going to be bigger than the bedroom that all three of them shared uh, last time. And it's actually bigger than the bedroom that we had last time. Um, Boston will have a slightly smaller room, but it's okay because it's just him. Then there will be a room for me and Sarah. And then upstairs, we'll also have a room for an office, which is going to be very nice because there will probably be times uh, where I'm working at home, especially with this pandemic stuff. You know, there might be times where I'm doing that. But honestly, anyway there's things that are just easier for me to do at home sometimes Um, and then downstairs there is a 12 and a half Joe uh, living and dining space and Joe by the way is the way that they count rooms I may have explained that in a previous podcast but one Joe is the size of a tatami mat um, that they use in their rooms so they they size their rooms by the tatami mats basically so our old apartment our dining and kitchen area um, was like 10 Joe. And if you added in our living space, that was six Joe. So altogether, our kitchen, dining, and living space was about 16 Joe. So actually, the dining and living space, if you were just doing that, was probably like, what would you say, Sarah? Like eight or nine Joe, maybe? Like probably probably like closer to like eight Joe or yeah, something definitely. like that, maybe. Um, maybe a little bit more, maybe 10 But either way, it wasn't, it wasn't very big. So this one has 12 and a half Joe for just the living and dining area. Then it has an extra, um, three Joe for the, uh, kitchen. But then there's another eight Joe room downstairs that will be really good because then the kids can use that for, um, like, uh, homeschooling and we can use that maybe for like Bible studies because that room is actually kind of a, a Japanese style room. So that's really nice and then there's actually there's a bathroom upstairs and then there's a full bathroom downstairs where we take, you know, showers and everything. But the other really nice thing about this one is just across the street, which this is a residential street, so you wouldn't go down this street pretty much unless you are delivering something down there or live there. Just across that street is a playground. So the kids will have almost like a backyard basically. <laughs> um And we actually do have a very, very small yard in the front. It's more like a patio really is what it is. A small patio with some grass and like bushes or whatever in that area. But I think it's like a
1: 10 foot by 10 foot yard ish thing. (laughs) Like we'll we'll probably cut the the grass with scissors or something. Yeah. I
0: I don't know how we're going to do it. We have to figure that part out because you can't really mow that at all. I mean, it's got some grass, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, the point is God has blessed us with this and the great thing is it's only going to be slightly like maybe like 50 to 100 dollars more expensive than that old apartment was going to be and this one includes a parking space with it so we don't have to pay extra for that so this is going to be great for us it's going to give us you know not just room for our family which is a real blessing but also it's going to give us room to be hospitable to people we think it's going to be useful for ministry we can have people over um you I mean, maybe right now people probably don't want to come over, but once everything is, Lord willing, over with, you know, the pandemic and all of that, once we've gotten through this phase of where we are, we can have people over, we can have Bible studies, we can even have worship there sometimes. So we're really excited about this and are just so thankful that God has uh, provided for us. Now, the downside is it is pretty expensive. Um, it's, uh, it's, It's expensive, not just for the monthly cost, but the upfront cost is really high because like when you go to Japan and you buy or I say buy a house when you when you rent a place whether it's an apartment or a house or whatever it is, when you do that um you have to put down what is all the stuff you put down Sarah like key money
1: Boy, there. I don't even remember. I don't even know what key money is. Is that just the deposit? Like
0: I think so. I think that's apartment. basically like a like a deposit. But
1: then there's like a gift you give to the realtor. Yeah. for it
0: they call it a gift, it's really just a fee that the realtor takes just for doing his job basically. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I think yeah, I don't even know what all of it there's, is. There's
0: there's a bunch of stuff. And of course some of it's necessary like insurance and things like that, but the point is, you know, we have to put all of that down and it ends up being like really really expensive. Even on our our first apartment last time, we put down like what it was at least like 2500. It may have been over $3000 that we put down at the very beginning just to be able to get into our apartment. Now, to be fair, that includes the first month's rent, and this one does too. It includes the first month's rent, but it's really expensive.
1: I think it's usually about three or four times what your monthly rent is for yes. these upfront costs.
0: Yeah, so it's it's pretty high just to be renting a place, but that said, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really good for us in the long term, and especially for the kids. I, I think the kids have been kind of struggling with this move more because they're older now, you know, and so we feel like this is going to give them something to look forward to, something to maybe have a little bit more peace as we move over there and to feel a little bit more comfortable in the new environment. So anyway, that's the house. Other than that, um, the only other kind of updates are we have bought our tickets. We officially have our tickets, and we are leaving a week from today. So today is uh, Saturday, November 21st. So we get to be here for one more Thanksgiving. And then the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we are headed out bright and early. Our flight flight leaves from Pensacola at uh, 7.30 in the morning. Um, so we have to be there a little bit earlier, obviously, than that. But uh, anyway, we'll go from Pensacola to Dallas. That's about a two-hour trip. And then we'll have, like, what, hour, hour and a half in Dallas? And then we fly out from Dallas straight to Narita in Japan. And that's, like, about a 13-and-a-half-hour flight. So... Long flight, long day. But then when we get there, we have to be tested at the airport for COVID. So when we land, I don't think we can just get off the plane immediately like you normally do. Um, Everybody, there's like a process that you have to follow to get off the plane. And then when you get off, you go and you get tested for COVID. And I don't know if you have to wait for the results or the entire process. All I know is you do have to get tested. And with five of us and other people on the plane and stuff it can take a while we've heard people saying it may take up to three or four hours to get through the airport what normally takes like maybe an hour tops or so maybe an hour and a half if it's really busy is going to take three to four hours so after we land you know at on our time it's going to be about like a little after midnight on our you know internal clocks when we land and then we're going to have still have three or four hours before we can even get out of the airport so Then once we get out of the airport, we have to take the um, checked luggage that we have and we'll ship that to our house. That's one really nice thing in Japan. You can actually go, and I think it's actually Kudoneko Yamato, (laughs) probably, Um, and uh, you can ship your stuff to where you're going, the big things. So we'll do that, and then that'll get to wherever we send it to when we get there. Uh, Presumably our house, but I'm not 100% sure about that yet. We'll stay the night at... A hotel at the um, airport and then um, we believe our sister now is going to come pick us up and in bright and early in the morning and then we'll go to Matsudo and then we <laughs> we've got a busy day that first day what is it all we're doing we've got to go get our phones so that we can sign our contract for our house <laughs> what is it
1: right so Sanfei-san has been Um, She's a sister at the church in Matsudo and she's been helping us with all of this paperwork the whole way through. So she told us that the to get the house, they want us to have a cell phone number. And what else did they want? I don't remember. remember. Oh, our residence cards.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, we do need the residence cards, which we get when we go through things in the airport.
1: So we need a cell phone number to get our house. But in order to get a cell phone, we need an address in Japan. So we're kind of like, well, how do we do all that? So that first day, um, the housing company did say, like, just use the address of the house for your cell phone. Go get your cell phone. So we're going to get our cell phones. But also, we need to register with the city, which signs us up for all the bureaucracy that we get to enjoy in Japan, but it, it'll it get us on the health plan, I think, yeah. over there. Um, and then just other random we'll things. we finally have health insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I told Boston that I'll get him a skateboard when he has health insurance. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll do that that first day too. Oh no, that's not essential. So we can't do that for two Yeah, weeks. that's
0: right. But uh, anyway, so... Yeah. That first day is going to be pretty busy, which honestly I think is a good thing. Um, you know, it'll help with the jet lag a little bit to have things we have to do. And Sampei san is being really kind. I mean, she has just helped us out with so many things. It's, it's incredible how much she has done for us. And, uh, she's actually going to take that day off that. So we will arrive, we'll leave here on Saturday and we will arrive in Japan on Sunday. Um, We'll, so I think our flight leaves from Dallas at like 1045 in the morning on Saturday, and we arrive in Japan at 330 p.m. on Sunday. So we kind of lose that day going to the, to, the, to the west or I guess to the east, as it were. Um, but at, at any rate, so we'll um, be there on Sunday. We'll stay at the hotel on Sunday night. And then Monday morning now will pick us up, I think she said around 7 o'clock in the morning from the hotel, which won't be a problem because with the jet lag we will probably be all of us up anyway. Um, And then uh, she'll take us back to Matsudo and sape sans taking that Monday off so she can help us with everything. So that is super nice of her to do that and it's definitely going to make things a lot easier trying to get around because we won't have a car obviously when we first get there. So that's going to be a bit of a challenge. But then once we get all that paperwork done, we have to quarantine for two weeks. So um, we'll basically, I think the first night we'll stay in that hotel. The second night, we have like a little one room apartment that we've rented there in Matsudo um, that we'll stay at for, that, for the, the second night that we're there. And then we think, Lord willing, by the third night, we should be able to be into our house. Now, I don't know what furniture we're going to have. I don't know if we'll have water or electricity or anything, but we'll have a house at least. So, um, it's a start, you know, but, uh, once we get everything together, we should be able to get electricity and all the other utilities pretty quickly. So,
1: so you did forget to mention what you've been doing while I've been packing, which is trying to find a way to fulfill the requirement to get a COVID test within 72 hours of your flight departing to Japan
0: yes so that's the thing we have to get tested when we land but we also have to get a test within 72 hours of our departure so the problem is it can't just be any test like they have those rapid tests but those don't count they won't they won't accept the rapid test you have to have a certain kind of test and there's a couple of different kinds that they allow but ideally i think the one pretty much you're going to get is the pcr test what they call the rt pcr test now obviously For a long time the way that you did that was the um what do they call it nasopharyngeal swab i think is what it's called i'm not a doctor so i may have said that wrong but anyway um the one where they jam the q-tip way up your nose you know they always tell you don't stick up and don't don't stick this you know in anything you can't like stick your finger into or whatever whatever they say like if you can't stick your finger all the way don't do this but anyway and they're definitely breaking that rule (laughs) yeah i guess these tests i mean they have to obviously but my point is we didn't really want to do that, obviously. Um, it's not really fun to get things jammed up your nose, incidentally, and um, especially for the kids. It's not like Sarah or I want to do that, but we could handle it. But the kids would have a lot of anxiety about that. You know, that's definitely going to be an unpleasant experience for everybody, especially whoever the first one is. <laughs> the first one is maybe like whoever the first one would be, they, they make a deal with it, like because they wouldn't know what to expect, right? If they're the first one, they're like, oh, you know, that's fine. But then, once they start screaming, um, inevitably, the other two are going to be like, ah, you know, and it just gets worse and worse until the very end. So, we really wanted to avoid that to the best of our ability. And thankfully, after a lot of searching, we found a place here in town that's going to do um, the PCR test, but they do it through saliva. And I think they maybe do a swab on the back of your throat. So, it's not, you know, anything super invasive. I'm not sure the kids want to do it either, but. At least it's not, you know, painful or uncomfortable, really. Now, the hard part is, though, you can't just get the test. You have to get that test and the results back to you within 72 hours of your departure. So lots of places could do the test. That wasn't a problem. The problem is they couldn't guarantee that they could get you those results within 72 hours of your departure. And, you know, plenty of places could do the test Within 72 hours, even within a day, but they couldn't do the right kind of test. Or maybe they could do the test. Maybe there's a possibility they could get it within the 72 hours, but you also have to have it signed by a doctor. So there's a lot of stipulations for this test that make it very difficult to get, especially if you're not in a major urban area. You know, maybe if you're like in a major city like LA or, you know, New York or something like that, maybe it'd be okay. But I mean, Pensacola is a decent sized city, but it was still going to be difficult. So we only found one place that did this. And they actually have kind of um, specialized in doing the test for international travel. So after a lot of back and forth, they said that even with the holiday, it should not be a problem. It's not going to be a problem, basically. So we're going to take the test on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And I think it's scheduled for like 1130 in the morning. So we're going to get that at 1130. And then they will scan the results along with the signed paper from their doctor and send that back to us by like somewhere around midnight on Friday. So we'll have that in our mail, our email, and then we can print those out. But we'll also still have them in our email, thankfully. And get on our flight Saturday morning. And then when we arrive, we have to present that to them. If you don't present the right paperwork, they'll, they'll kick you out. They'll send you back home. So um, it's we not even that. just
1: the right paperwork, It's it has to say the word negative on it, not just no virus detected. Like, yeah, there was a story specific. at
0: least of one person who that's what happened. Like they got there, they had a negative test, they did test negative, but the person wrote, you know, as people do technically sometimes in English, they just write technical things, no virus detected. And the inspector at immigration said that's not good enough and sent him back home, even though they were actually negative. So there's a paper that they've created, thankfully, now to try to avoid some of those problems, but it has to be written on there in a very specific way. And so we'll get that signed and and sent back to us, and um, then we'll be on our way and get the test at the airport. Lord willing, we'll be negative then too, and uh, head on our way. So we'd appreciate prayers that all of that turns out with negative results so that we you know can go easily, don't have to push anything back. Um But uh, anyway, yeah, that's been a lot of what I've been doing for the past several weeks is trying to find a place where we could make that happen. So uh, anyway, that's where we are. That's basically the update on everything. It's been kind of crazy, but uh, God's been seeing us through it. He's been with us. He's been helping us. And we've really appreciated the prayers from a lot of people. um, And we definitely need those prayers. Because, you know, as, as you'd expect, there's a lot of emotions with all of this, especially because it's happening so quickly. Like it's one thing when you've slowly worked your way through a year and maybe bought tickets for like three or four months down the road and you can kind of slowly see that date and maybe even get a little bit of excited about it you know and and feel good about it but with this it's just like you get back from new hampshire and you're like okay now we've got to be doing everything so we've got to send off our paperwork we've got to you know just keep going and doing all this stuff and it's just every single day more and more stuff it's just kind of overwhelming And then there's the emotions, obviously, with the holidays coming of like wanting to be with family and how the kids are doing. And so for our last little bit here, we just wanted to share a little bit about some of the emotions um, that we've been experiencing, uh, you know, during all of this. So, Sarah, what what would you say? First of all, I kind of want to talk about the kids just a little bit. How do you think the kids are, are dealing with everything?
1: This is new territory for us, really, because the kids are old enough to understand a lot of what is going into or what what moving internationally entails. And so the girls especially have actually been struggling a lot with it. They um, there's a lot that they dread about leaving the states, about leaving their friends here, leaving the comforts of what has become home to them here.
0: Yeah, I mean, because like when you're, you know, three years old, four years old, if mommy and daddy are there, that's pretty much all you need or all you care about, you know, and that's just not the case anymore.
1: Yeah, thankfully, that's basically how it is for Boston, as long as I'm there, really. Yeah, especially mommy. (laughs) (laughs) He's totally fine. He's so funny. He's been trying to assert his male dominance over Leslie (laughs) lately. (laughs) Just Like if I'm like,
0: you know, sitting on the couch and kind of just laying my head on, sarah's shoulder or something he'll come up and be like i'm gonna sit in her lap and like block daddy off or something (laughs) like come on son
1: um so boston is for some reason afraid of flying but i'm i think that that's going to be totally fine once he actually gets on a plane i think this is going to be great for him
0: i think it's partially because his older sisters slash sister um is afraid of flying
1: yeah so um Yeah, the girls have have been very sad about leaving. Thankfully, when we did find out about the house, I was able to tell them, like, look, for the first time pretty much ever in your life, you guys are going to be the ones who get to decorate your room and really design it the way you want. I mean, within reason, within our financial ability, but you guys can pick out the color scheme or what kind of shelving you want. So they've actually even been on on Pinterest um, trying to look up rooms to... Get themselves excited about it a bit and the thing is when we moved back to America Madeline had a really hard time leaving Japan she for three months every morning had a stomach ache and I mean that's textbook for kids who don't know how to express their feelings that their anxiety shows up in stomach aches and so we've walked through this with her before of course that doesn't help her to know that hey you've been through this before and you got over it because what she's feeling right now is what she's experiencing. But we are prayerfully hopeful that the girls will be able to adjust well and that Japan will become home again. Um, I think it's really hard for what we call third culture kids, which are kids who grow up in a culture outside of their passport country. Um, Nowhere is really home and yet everywhere is home. And so it's, it's a unique situation for them, and they definitely would love prayers. Someone prayed for them the other day. Um, we were all standing in a circle, and someone prayed about the kids, and afterwards Madeline said, someone does love us. And so just if you can re- remember them and maybe reach out to them even with cards or things like that, that means a lot. And I think it really helps them even when they don't necessarily know how to express that it's helping them.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of cute to hear her say that, but the reality is a lot of people don't think about them, you know, or if they do, it's, I don't know, kind of superficial. So to have somebody really pray for their benefit, for their blessing, it really does mean a lot to them. And it means a lot to us too, obviously, as their parents, we love them and we want the best for them. And we want this to be as peaceful of a transition as it can be. And and I think, you know, for Sarah and I, we've been through this enough times it doesn't make it easier but we've been through it enough that we know that you'll get used to things, you know. The transition happens and life goes on. And and so, you know, we know that that's going to happen, but um nevertheless there are challenges, you know, for them and and, and so um I think it's it's really nice to know people are praying and it's been nice for us too. Because you know, even though we've done this so many times, Sarah and I both have a lot of emotions about this, this trip. Um, I especially have been struggling with it personally. There's been a lot of anxiety and I, I kind of deal with, um, you know, anxiety and and issues like that. Uh, Anyway, it sort of runs in my family and it's something that I've dealt with really since I was a teenager. Um, So it's not something new, but that doesn't mean that it's, you know just acceptable <laughs> it's still not pleasant whenever you're going through those phases where you just kind of feel despair and you know just again that anxiety those anxious tense feelings that are just sort of constant as you're preparing to go so you know um, anyway we're we really appreciate prayers and i will say too recently i know there were there were some people praying for us and i personally felt the impact of those prayers there were you know changes in my, my emotions that I can really only attribute to God's interaction and God's answering prayers, and um, I'm really thankful for that. And so those prayers matter. And, and Sarah, I mean, I know you're dealing with stuff too. Um, her emotions might be a little bit different than mine, but.
1: I'm just as my way of being, I am a huge ball of emotions and always have been (laughs) since I was a kid. I think I got a lot of my emotions out of the way last year when we were trying to decide whether this is what we were going to pursue or not. Um, We walked through a lot of my feelings about it last year. I don't do well with transition, but once I have a plan, I do really well. Um, I was thinking recently, just thinking about the kids and their emotions and your anxiety about how whenever earthquakes happen, somehow some switch just switches in inside of me and I become like super like, okay, everyone get together. We're all going to move out. We're going this way. And it's very almost militaristic. I know what I need to do and I'm going to do it. And I feel like coming back from New Hampshire when the borders were opened, finding out we need to pack in a week. I'm that kind of just happened again. Like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to go clean out Boston's room. I need to do the girls' room. I need to do this. And so it works really well for me, but then every once in a while, I'll be sitting in the middle of the boxes and just burst into tears. And suddenly all these feelings just come pouring out. And so I've done that a couple times in the last month. Um, so yeah, I mean, people ask like, are you excited? And I'm just like, we are everything right now. Um, I just try to take it one day at a time and say, okay, oh, there's a quote by Elizabeth Elliott, who was a missionary down in Ecuador. And she just says, do the next thing. And I think that's kind of how I do things. Okay. I just need to look at what the next thing is that I need to do. And that's what I'm doing. And I might burst into tears doing it, but that's okay.
0: Yeah. To me, I think about it kind of in terms of like, um, cycling, like sometimes when you're on a a steep hill, you know you just have to keep going. Don't stop because if you stop it's harder. It's harder to keep going again. So you just keep going and just keep pushing through and you know, thankfully God is walking through it with us and we have many brothers and sisters who are walking through it with us. Um, and they you- keep
1: reminding us that God is walking through it with us and that they are walking through it with us and that is so helpful like on days when we are just down and worried and thinking about everything that needs to be get do- or needs to be done will have someone reach out to us. And that is so, so helpful.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, the emotions are natural because, you know, for example, being away from family, that's hard. Um, you know, there's, there's people that we love obviously here and we don't want to not see them for a long time. Um, you know, there's some family members who there's a good chance we won't see them again. Not, I mean, in this life, you know, I mean, obviously we'll, we, some, those who are Christians will, will see again. And we, you know, have that hope of course, but knowing that this is the last time in this life that you're going to see somebody is hard, you know, it's hard. And, um, obviously there's also just the changes in things. I mean, the language having to speak Japanese constantly again, and, um, you know, just, just all of those kinds of things that come with life, even down to just like simple, silly things. Like, I mean, for me not having Chick-fil-A anymore, you know, um, there's not, there's not a single Chick-fil-A in all of Japan. And I just think that's sort of a travesty, like, I mean, think of all the cows, all the cows that are are dying. It should be chickens.
1: For Cambria, Um, it's ranch dressing. She's very upset about not having ranch dressing.
0: Yeah, that's another weird thing. They don't do ranch dressing in Japan. We did find it one time at Costco and then never again. And I don't really know what the deal is because I'm like, how do you not have ranch dressing? It's like such a basic, I mean, they have some really good dressings, though. That's the thing. There are things that we love about it, foods that we're looking forward to, even dressings that we're looking forward to, um, even just like, simple restaurants that we're looking to you know forward to i mean
1: okay so our new house is like a one minute walk from kappa sushi which Cambria is super excited about so she won't have ranch but she'll live like a minute from kappa sushi which is like cheap sushi in japan and our friends laugh at us because we eat there yeah our our japanese (laughs)
0: friends think we're just like you know you stupid americans um and uh, I mean, I probably am a stupid American, but anyway, I mean, I, I like Kappa Sushi, too. It's, it's one of my favorite restaurants. I enjoy it. So, Camber and I will go there on daddy dates, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's actually like, it's like a conveyor belt sushi restaurant, you know. So, I mean, those are things we look forward to. But the fact is, there's a lot to give up to. There's a lot that we lose, um, even just with the upcoming holidays, you know, with, with Christmas. Uh, Christmas is a holiday in Japan, but it's not like it is here and and so it's a work day so you know it's kind of different whenever here it's like there's something magical I don't know. yeah magical special because everybody pretty much is at home you know maybe with their families they're enjoying the day and in japan that's just not the case people don't really care about it that much you know it's kind of just like valentine's day and so Things like that. Those are big changes. And it's not that itself obviously isn't a big change so much. But the point is they all pile up when you when you pile up the simple things. And then there are obviously things that are big changes, like the language and so on. And so there is a lot of a lot of stress that comes along with it and a lot of anxiety as you sort of think about what's coming as you anticipate things. Again, that's not to say there's not good things. Um, You know, and, and we're excited about the work where we're definitely looking forward to the things that we are, are able to do and, and um, are praying you know, for the fruit. And that's a big thing we ask for prayers for, is that we're able to produce lots of fruit for the Lord's kingdom. That's ultimately what we want to do. We want to make disciples. We want to be out there making disciples, bringing people to Jesus, and uh, teaching them what he commanded, as, as the Great Commission calls us to do. And so we're excited to get to do that. I, I can't tell you how good of a feeling it is, to be a part of somebody becoming a disciple of Jesus, somebody being baptized into Jesus Christ, when you get to do that in a country like Japan, it's a, it's a great feeling. It is such a blessing to be a part of that. And we look forward to that, Lord willing, but that doesn't mean that there's not hard parts about it too. So, you know, those are some of the emotions that we've been facing. Honestly, I kind of feel like it's been so busy. We hardly get to think about it, you know, too much. It's For me, at least personally, it tends to be mostly at night. It's when everything is slowed down and my mind is just kind of wandering, and it wanders into those kind of dark alleys where, you know, things are a bit scary, a bit anxious. But again, God is seeing us through it, and we're so thankful for for that. So anyway, that's where we are now. And uh, as I think I said before, this is going to be our last podcast before we leave for Japan, because we're only a week away. So my brother's in town. We're going to spend some time with with him and my family. And uh, we'll have Thanksgiving together. Enjoy that. And then we'll be headed out bright and early Saturday morning. So we would definitely appreciate your prayers as we make this transition. Please be praying that we will be fruitful. Um, that's, that's really, I think to me, the number one prayer is praying that we will be fruitful, that this will be something that produces fruit, that brings glory to God, that will glorify his name. And, um, as the saying goes, we'll make much of Jesus. That's that's what we want to do. We want people to see Jesus and to follow him. But also, please be praying for our family, especially for the kids, that the transition will, will go well for them. We, we think that there, there's kind of been some very small clues that as they've been studying Japanese, that they're kind of picking back up on some things that they remember, just some very small clues. So we're hopeful that once they get there and they're speaking with friends again, that some of those things that have kind of been pushed down since they've been back in the States will start being kind of drudged back up and uh, come back to the surface and they'll be able to pick up on it pretty quickly. So please be praying that their language abilities will go well, that all of our language abilities will go well, that God will just guide us from the moment that we land to the right people, to make the right connections, um, the right contacts so that we can make disciples. Um, And uh, just that we'll have the right state of mind and, and emotional state To be able to do all of that so uh, anyway um, as always you can find out more information if you follow our newsletter you'll be getting information like this first Um, and also you can go to our website to do that you can easily sign up for our newsletter on the website and uh, we'll also have more blog entries and videos and things coming along the way Um, you know I can't say how much obviously we have a lot of other things to do But we will be trying to do this, you know, fairly regularly enough to to keep people updated and uh, to keep people involved in what we're doing on the field. So uh, make sure you go to our website, tailorsinjapan.com, and uh, you can find out pretty much all the information that you would like to find out about us. And uh, feel free to share that with other people, too. And by the way, one quick thing before we close out here. We are still looking for some extra support. We would like to raise about two to four hundred dollars more a month. Of course, more than that would be great, too. I mean, we'd be happy to do that. Um, you know, our, our budget right now is manageable, but um, it's not really a good long term budget, primarily because we have things like retirement that we have to prepare for that we've really been putting off for a long time and we really can't keep doing that. Um, and just, you know, a lot of things like that that we really need to do to be responsible. And uh, so if you know anybody or if you yourself can, um, you know, commit to a monthly support, we would love that. But even if you can't, if, you know, you could do a one-time support, that's really helpful, too, because we have a lot of expenses coming up. We've already pretty much committed to, like, I mean, with the house payment that's coming up, plus the tickets that we bought, plus the shipping and everything, it's at least already $15,000, you know, that we've looked at. And thankfully, we've gotten that. We We have more to work with. But we could always use more. So if you know anybody or if you yourself can help, that would be a great blessing. But even if you can't, your prayers are definitely needed. And we appreciate those too. So uh, as we close out, this again has been Leslie. And Sarah. And we thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to talking to you again, Lord willing, from Japan. We'll see you then. But until then, stay safe. And uh, we'll see you from the land of the rising sun. Bye-bye.